Our Father God in heaven, Lord, uh, my prayer is that as we sing, we don't just mouth the words, or, or we don't just say the words, but um, God, we, we, we mean what we say. Uh, Lord, we know that you meant what you said. God, you are our, our example. Uh, Lord, I ask as we sing those words, um, I, I surrender all. God, let us understand what that all is. It's everything we have, we surrender to you. Um, not just uh, material possessions, not just um, things that have been given to us, but things that, that you have gifted us with. As uh, Jake said, God, that we're all gifted a little bit different. Lord, my prayer is that we surrender our gifts to you so we can make your name great. Uh, God, so we can love one another, so we can be the light in a dark world. God, we ask as we open your word, we ask as we dive in, Lord, that your truth is just revealed to us more and more um, every day. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How are we doing today? Cold. It is kind of chilly in here. Um, we, yeah, we fired the wood burner up uh, this weekend too. Oh, I know, right? Snowing on the wedding day. It's better than rain. Yeah. A little, little, little bit of both. All right. So, um, yeah, it is a little chilly. But week, week went well, right? All in all, all in all, good. Um, I want to uh, kind of pick up where I left off last week, but before we get there, a couple of things that are important, um, not only to, to me, but to uh, what we're doing here at the church. Next week, we are doing our fall festival, our fall festival, um, and we'll turn on the heat so when you bring your, your family and friends, it'll be a little warmer in here. Um, it, it's just, this is a new thing that the deacons are trying out to see if we can, uh, you know, save a little bit more money. And I'm pushing it off on them, but I think I'm the heat miser. Um, but anywho, um, what? See, <laughs> Mrs. Ogre. Uh, that's interesting. I like it. Um, so Fall Festival next weekend, we will have, uh, that's going to start with the, the worship service. Uh, what we're going to do is we've got uh, a baptism. Uh, Marlon is going to be getting baptized, which is going to be awesome. Yes, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and uh, so we're going to do that at the beginning. Uh, you, you will hear a, a, a short sermonette from me. Um, so don't think that you're going to get out of that. Uh, but uh, we'll do that. And then we're going to bring the kids in, and we're going to do a little bit of, of something with the kids. Um, because I, I think this time of year, um, we do have some farmers in the room. I know, you know Marty's here. Uh, we have this understanding it is harvest time, and we're, we're bringing in the crops. Or we're preparing for winter. I think along with that, we need to realize that God has planted um, seeds within our own midst um, primarily in our children, and we need to harvest that fruit from our children. Not saying we're, what can we get from our kids, but we need to be able to invest in our children and see um, that what you're doing, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever you may be, has a huge impact. Even if you don't think you're impacting them, even if you don't have a child in here, um, you're impacting the, the, the children of this church's life. 
So I just want to bring, you know, make sure that we, we do realize there's about um, 30 or 40 kids down the hallway, far away from us, so we can't hear them screaming. Um, uh, actually, Chuck and Shelly and my wife are in there today with them. Um, I think they had multiple rolls of duct tape, so we're good. Um, you did restock that, right? Of course. Of course. Um, but uh, no, what, what goes on with the kids is very, very, very important. Because, excuse me, we can live in this utopia of thinking that it's all about what goes on inside of this room. um, And as long as we're we're reading and teaching and and living the Bible here, it's all good. But we're a church, little people to big people, um, young people to old people, whatever. We all make up the collective body of Christ here. So they're important. We're going to show that, and and we're going to do it in a fun way. We've got... um, and there's a uh, a potluck dinner right after right after church. So I've got a list. Um, actually, Jeremiah, will you grab that list? Just pass it around if you want. If you will, most graciously bring something, um, particularly uh, something that I like. Uh, <laughs> hey, it is Pastor Appreciation Month. Which, by the way, um, bar none, hands down, this has been the best. Thank you, um, everyone who has blessed me. Um, and my family with, with gifts this uh, this month has been greatly appreciated. Um, it's definitely in the, the the six years here. It's definitely been the the, the best so far. So I love it. it I'm getting more individual um, interaction than I than uh, in the past. Uh, not not saying in the past it wasn't good, but I love the what what you guys are doing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. My my wife thanks you. My my kids thank you. Um, so anywho, but with that, I don't know why I got off on that, but. Uh, oh, the past appreciation and the food and whatever. The list is going around. Please um, bring something. Share it with you, the, the, the family, um, our big family. If everybody brings something, then uh, we'll have plenty of food for everyone. Um, with that, we're also going to do trunk or treat. If you're interested in doing that, see Mrs. Ogre, um, a.k.a. Regina. And uh, that'll be out here in the side. It, the at-water trick-or-treat is going to be going on at the same time. So there will be tons and tons and tons of kids uh, around. So, and uh, there, are, there is candy available if you need it. Um, but uh, So don't think that, well, I want to do it, but I can't afford the candy. Don't, don't worry about that. If you want to do it, then we'll, we'll help you with the candy. But if you want to bring your own, that's great as well. Um, also, we're going to be doing uh, bobbin for apples for the kids, and um, we're, we're working on a, a pumpkin slingshot to, to launch pumpkins or gourds out into the field. It'd be awesome. Um, also, a friend of mine's got a, a, a mini trebuchet, so we're going to be launching apples and stuff like that. Not at anybody. Um, maybe we'll launch them at, at the church up the street, uh, but... Uh, He's a buddy of mine. Rich will be. I'll tell Rich to. We'll yell incoming. Um, but uh, no, actually, I think that I've invited uh, Rich and his church to to come join us uh, during that time as well. Um, so we won't have to sling this far. But um, anywho, next week, bring bring your family, bring your friends. It's gonna be an awesome time. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna last pretty much from when we start in the morning um, at ten thirty. We will have Sunday school at nine thirty. And uh, then go into this time together, 10.30. It's going to last all the way up until, I think, 4 o'clock is our cutoff. Um, that's when we're going to start cleaning up. So if you can come for a little bit, awesome. If you come for all of it, even more awesomer. Um, but uh, just come hang out have a good time. It's going to be fantastic. So with that, um, also...
What other announcement do I have? Oh, life packs. Life packs this week. Back to normal schedule Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. So, um, oh, and tie-dye. I almost forgot the tie-dye. Tie-dye. Tie-dye shirts. We're going to be tie-dyeing shirts next week. If you have a shirt, a a white T-shirt you want to get tie-dyed, bring it. We will definitely tie-dye them. If you have an extra one or two or whatever that you want to donate for some of them that maybe they don't have a T-shirt, bring it. We'll tie-dye that as well. Um, we got plenty of stuff. It's going to be awesome. Also, if you have any type of, um, like, Walmart bags, right? That's what you want to put the shirts in. Bring Walmart bags so that way after we tie-dye them and they, they dry a little bit, we can wrap them up in a Walmart bag. You can take them home, and um, that way you don't have to, to worry about it getting wet in your car or whatever. So with that, let's uh, roll into what we're doing. What's that? Well, I was going to keep that until the end, but all right. Since my bubble has been bursted, um, no, uh, I want to do something this Friday night. This Friday night um, is going to be, it's nothing that's going to be long and drawn out. What I want to do is I'm going to gather together as a family and uh, just pray with Greg. Uh, Greg's surgery is uh, next Sunday. Um, he, For those of you who know, that it's it's pretty... You know, pretty major surgery, brain surgery. So we want to uh, we want to lay hands on him and, and ask God's blessing, His protection um, throughout the surgery, uh, and through, for the the surgeons and everyone that's involved, uh, and also for a National Geographic uh, that they uh, portray your life well and what's important. Um, so Friday night, we're going to do that at seven o'clock. Uh, seven o'clock Friday night. It'll probably only last. I, I'm thinking. You know, a half hour at the, at the most. Uh, just give you time, to, us time to come in, pray with, with Greg, give him our, our best um, wishes, and, and just ask God to, uh, to be with him uh, during that time. So uh, please, please join us. We'll, we'll just do it here, depending on how many people. If, if we have a lot of people, we'll, we'll you know, come in here. If not, we'll just stay out in the, in the, in the lobby. Whatever. I just want to come together as, as a, a family and, and show, one, that... Um, we, we love Greg, and we, we, we're asking God to, to, to intervene in all this, but also that we believe that God's got this, and that God's going to see him through, and, and the healing is going to be um, tremendous. And uh, uh, we're also praying for roller skates for Crystal to keep up with Greg after the surgery uh, with little rockets on them. So, uh, but anyhow, so that's going to be Friday night at 7 o'clock. All right, so it's 10 after. Good, let's roll. Last week, we started um, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, what we, we talked, what was something that, that, that is to be constructed, something that, that when, when we are uh, made new as believers in Jesus Christ, we're not just given the mind of Christ. It's not like uh, the, the Holy Spirit is, is given to us and, and then attached to the Holy Spirit is the mind of Christ. No, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can construct the mind of Christ. I gave you this quote from Oswald Chambers last week. It says, God gives us the spirit of Jesus, but he does not give us his mind. Uh, We have to construct the mind of Christ, and it can only be done as we work out in the habits of of a holy life that the things that were familiar in the life of our Lord. We cannot form the mind of Christ once for always. We have to form it always, that is, 
all the time and in everything. So it's that understanding that, that, that the mind of Christ just, just isn't given. We have to um, construct this mind. And understanding how we're able to construct the mind is through the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's also through not only the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he's the, the, the main um, uh, a vehicle of which we do this. But it's through seeing and viewing and, and living um, out what, what Christ exampled for us. And we started in um, Philippians chapter 2 uh, last week, and we started, I'm sorry, we started in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, and um, we started at the, he, where Paul says, uh, let your, your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he goes into talking about the mind of Christ. We ended with uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, um, and, and when, where it says, um, have this mind of, among you, that is, in Christ, what's it say, let me... Um, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So we know that we can attain and we can have the mind of Christ. We know that it's in Christ Jesus, but we have to understand that it, it is through um, the constructing of. We have to put we have to put forth effort into it. it, it it's. Too many times in too many churches and around too many circles, they think, "Well, I know Jesus, and that's enough." Yes, but most people have. Man, I'm a, I'm a skitting fool today. Most people have a concept of who Christ is, but don't truly know who Christ is. They know of Christ, but they don't know Christ. And, and I would be willing to wager that, that most everybody in here understands that. So it, it, this is not like I'm sitting in here saying, well, you, you know of him, but you don't know him. I, I think that this is more um, geared towards those people in your lives that you encounter that know of him, but don't know him, don't have a relationship with him. And, and this is where we have to understand that, that if, if we're going to help fuel and if we're going to help um, teach and lead and make disciples like Christ tells us to do, we need to know the stuff that goes behind that. So... Understand this, that, that as we're constructing this mind, it has benefit for you, but it has benefit for those who, who, who God has blessed you with that come in contact with you. Um, and, and they may not be big people, they may be little people as well. So keep that in mind. So, uh, we, we then, after we, we talked about having the, the, the mind of Christ and is constructed by seeing what Jesus did and doing what Jesus did, we, we, we turn to a, 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 an oldie but a goodie, right? Um, John chapter 4, and we talked about the woman at the well. Um, turn, over, turn back here to, to, uh, to John chapter 4. If you're in Philippians, just turn to the, the left a few chapters. Um, because in John chapter 4, I, I think we see this picture of a display of what the mind of Christ is. Uh, I lied to you last week, and I told you that last week we were going to talk about um, the, the mind of Christ, what it was, and then this week we were going to talk about the pursuit of the mind of Christ. Um, I Actually, we didn't finish what I, I wanted to finish last week, so it kind of spilled into this week. So next week, God willing, we'll talk about the pursuit of the mind of Christ, which I think is going to be awesome to go with baptism and everything. But I think God in his you know, infinite wisdom put it that way. But this week we're going to, we're going to pick up where, where we left off last week with understanding um, the, the mind of Christ and seeing some observations in this story of the mind of Christ. Uh, to, to recap really quick, we are with um, Jesus in Samaria 
Um, we, we, we talked about how Jesus had to go, that, 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 that Greek word day, that he had to go through Samaria. It wasn't like he wanted to or it was, wasn't a, a big deal. No, it was a huge deal because it was necessary for him to go through Samaria because God the Father um, instructed him to do this. So he was, he was listening to the, the, the instruction, heeding to the, the, the um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but heeding to the will of, of the Father here. But we, what we've seen here is as he is going through the, this um, God-forsaken land, it's like him going through Michigan, right? Um, who watched the Michigan State-Michigan game yesterday? Wasn't that, that's going to definitely go down in the history book. So those of you who haven't, here's real awesome, um, brief uh, NCAA football history for you that you'll, you have witnessed um, uh, history in the making. Yesterday, a few seconds to go, 10 seconds to go. Uh, so yeah, it was minimal uh, seconds ago in, in the Michigan game. Um, by the way, go Bucks. Um, uh, so uh, Michigan was up by, what was it, 21-23? 21-23, and um, fourth down, they, they've got to punt the ball away just to get it, to get it away. Uh, that way, Michigan State would lose, Michigan would win, and they would play Waterloo's fight song. Um, you did know that, right? Waterloo has Michigan's fight song. It's, uh, anywho, um, but Michigan, <laughs> got to see the highlight reels. They, 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 they muffed the snap on the, the punt. The, the, the punter uh, tried to kick it. It got blocked, and he got hit and whatever. And the ball kind of fell into a Michigan State's um, a, a player's hands, and he ran it in for a touchdown as the time was going to expire. It was awesome. You know, you know that there's a guy when, when things like that happen, right? Expect to Michigan. Because that, that even if, if you're an Ohio State fan, you know that, that um, in, in their trophy room, um, they don't even have Michigan's name on any of the, the trophies if they, they, that Michigan won any of it. It says that team up north. So they don't even say their, their, their name. So that team up north. So just think about this. So Ohio State Buckeye got to go to Canada. And they're like, well, God says I got to go through Michigan. Don't want to, but I've got to. So we talked about that you know, briefly, how Jesus had to go through this. But the reason Jesus went through that was for a specific reason. We've seen that he had this encounter with this woman at the well. And as we saw this encounter with the woman at the well, we can observe some different things about what the mind of Christ is and how we can develop and construct the mind of Christ in our own mind, in our own being, by seeing what he displayed for us. Uh, we, we talked about how he had to go through. We talked about um, this was, I, I don't know about you, but this is what God revealed to me through all this last week was when God requires something of you, he wants to reveal something to you. Now, I, I, that, was, that was bar none the, 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 the moment where, where, that God spoke to me uh, through that. Like, okay, if I'm going to ask you to do something or I'm going to ha- require something of you, it's because I want to share something with you. I want to prepare your heart so you can hear this. And that, that's what we saw with Jesus at the, in the woman at the well, where um, he, he says, give me a drink. And then he just kind of opens her mail and, and reads, you know, what has taken place in, in her life. And then her response to that was, well, I go to church, and we talked about that a little bit. She says, well, we worship on this mountain, but you guys worship on this. And Jesus says, there's going to be a time when you're not going to worship on this mountain, but you're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. 
And, and, and then she goes and tells you know, her people that this guy's told me everything that, that I've ever done. Well, where I want us to pick up is that part where Jesus says, um, he's talking about worship. Because when, when confronted with, with, with areas in our life, um, with, with sin in our lives, uh, we have a tendency to default to, well, I'm, but I'm doing this. Um, this may be bad, but I'm doing this. Well, Jesus, what he does, and as we can see this mind that's being constructed for us, what Jesus does, he realigns the, worship, the, the, the sinner's worship. He realigns the sinner's worship. She would say, well, I'm doing this, but Jesus says it's not about doing that. It's about this, and th- that this, this, that this, whatever. This that he's talking about is that relationship with the eternal God. So he takes the, 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 this moment where he says, um, you, 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 you need to confront this sin, and I'm identifying this, and he says, okay, you need to realign your worship. We can see that on the, on the surface level here and say, okay, that's not a, that doesn't seem like it would make much difference to me, Lee. What, what, what's the big deal? Understanding what worship is um, helps us understand why we need to realign it. Understanding that, that, that worship is exalting something or someone to a, a, a level that all of your te- attention, all of your focus, all of your life is um, um, dictated by it and is controlled by it. That's what worship is. Worship is not merely just coming in on Sunday morning and getting together, singing a few songs, listening to, um, uh, uh, listen to me speak or whatever, and then going, hey, I, I went to worship today. Worship is something you enter into. So as we're talking about constructing the mind of Christ, and we're looking at what Jesus did, we understand that, that Jesus had a, a very good sense of worship. And what he was doing is he was helping this lady to realign her understanding and changing the mindset towards worship. So that, that, that's where I want us to, to, to just jump off from today, because... What happens after that is just crazy cool. Because he says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So he goes from taking like you're going somewhere to worship to you're being something to worship. And not saying that you're like, I'm going to worship myself. Like your whole being, the way in which you live is to be worshipful. It's not like I, I'm, I'm going to set aside um, two hours on Sunday morning to go worship. No, I'm going to set aside my life from everything else to worship God. For some, that is that, 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 is that, 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 that time where your mind goes, well, wait, 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 wait a second. I'll sing the song, I surrender all, but I'm not going to surrender all. Because I don't know what God's going to ask of me. Neither do I. But remember, if God's going to require something from you, it's because he wants to reveal something even greater to you. So don't stand in that way of saying, well, wait a second, I can't surrender. I I can't change my mindset. I can't be worshipful in everything I do. If you can't be worshipful in everything you do, there's some things you don't or you shouldn't be doing. Period. Well, I can't be worshipful in my marriage. Well, what are you doing in your marriage that makes you so you cannot be worshipful? It needs to be changed. 
What are you doing? Well, I can't be worshipful when I'm raising my kids. They drive me insane. Okay, I get that. But what are you doing that is not worshipful? What can you do different? What is God putting and painting this big picture right in front of you saying, this has got to change? And you're saying, "Uh uh-uh. What is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is for, for anybody in here other than for, for me. And that changes a lot because there's a lot of things that God reveals all the time saying, okay, you got this, now move on to the next thing. Okay, you got this, now move on to the next thing. This is that understanding that it's not just a once for all, got it, got the mind, got the mind of Christ, we're good. No, it's I got to continually be working and moving and developing and constructing. The life of a disciple of Christ is what I would term as, it, it could be wearisome or tiresome at points. Just like Jesus got tired here, we can get tired sometimes as a disciple of Christ. But what do we do when we get tired then? We need to rest in Him. Because if we're honest, we can be honest in here. If we're honest in the times in which we get tired or the times in which we seem to just kind of draw away from Him and think, well, I can do this on my own. I got this. God, I don't need God's help. Maybe you don't, even, you don't say, well, I don't need God's help. But your actions are saying, I don't need God's help. Well, you're going to get tired. And as you get tired, what we need to do is we need to draw close to the well. We need to come to the well to get a drink. The, the drink from living water, as Christ said. So that's kind of a, a, um, a little bit more. It's not what I wanted to talk about today. But um, what, I, what I, I want us to, to understand is... Can I say this? Just to be blunt and honest, just to, to bypass a bunch of other stuff, I want to, to, to set this up. Um, you're not where you're supposed to be. How, how about that? You're not where you're supposed to be. Wait a second, I'm in church. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I, I understand that. You're not where you're supposed to be because you're not where God wants you to be. God has so much more for you. God has so much more that if you would just trust him with everything, he would take you to that so much more. I'm not saying that there's some kind of, of, of utopia that you, you um, drift off into and, and that you disengage from reality. But there is a life to live that, that is more abundant than you can ever imagine. I, I, me too. I get, in my, I get in the way sometimes as well. But if we understand that if we're constructing this mind and if our, our, our focus is on who Christ is and what he's done, and, and I, he's the prize, things, lives are going to be different because you're aliens. Not antennas, which I'm, I'm hoping they don't give you antennas when they give the surgery. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite Martian. Um, not antennas, alien, but we're strangers in, in, in a land because... Our, our, our home is not here. Our home is in heaven. That doesn't mean that the things that, that happen right now aren't real. We have to deal with them because they are real. But is it's the, um, the, the, the focus in which we have is to be on the prize. Paul says that, that my, my, my eyes are on the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. That's where my eyes have got to be. 
Paul had this mindset, this understanding of, okay, my mind was constructed to see Jesus, who he, how he is, and how I can become more like him. As we're seeing here in, in, in John 4, we're seeing Jesus, and we're seeing how we could be more like him. We're constructing this mind. I think it's hard for us, though, to see the, 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 the truth behind what it takes to construct this mind. Three things I want to point out, and I'll be, and we'll, I shouldn't say we'll be done, because it'll probably take a bit. Three things I want to point out. In constructing this mind, in understanding you're not where you belong, and it's not, again, it's not like a physical, this is God intended when he created us to be in relationship with, with him. Sin happened, the fall happened, all that, this stuff, and we're, we're trying to um, get back to where um, God wants us to be with him. That kind of sounded like it, as if we're trying to work towards him. That, that, that's not how I wanted to say that. Um, since Christ came, since Christ died, since the, the Holy Spirit now indwells us, um, our outpouring, our, our work is to become more like him. That, that sounded a little bit better. So, anywho, let me go. The mind of Christ. Verse 27. Let's look at this. <clears throat> so Jesus just did, went through all that spiel with, with, with her. And then he reveals her. We talked about that last week, who he was, or who he is. 27. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman but no one said, well, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Um, we we, we kind of we, we approached that or addressed the, the reason why that was kind of um, earth-shattering for his disciples. Like, why, why is he talking to her? Verse 28 says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. So, um, normally when, when, when I, I teach through this, this passage, I always like to emphasize the, uh, the woman leaving her water jar. Um, as significant as this is right now, let, let's just look at the woman leaving her water jar as a result of um, the encounter w w with Christ. So, th this woman came for an intended purpose, right? She came to get water. She had this, 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 this um, interaction, this encounter with Christ, and the whole reason she came, um, she went back and left the jars there. So, I mean, just, just think about this. So if if lady goes out and you know, I'm going to go get water and then comes back and there she doesn't have the water with her, it's, it's kind of like, yep, Mary's on to it again. She's kind of, whoo-hoo, she's kooky. But she went back and she shared the encounter that she had with the, with, with the Messiah. I, I, I like how she embellishes it a little bit. She says, he's told me everything that I've done. In reading that, we can say, well, man, it is a little bit of an embellishment. Or maybe that was what was plaguing her so deeply on a daily basis that she was struggling trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? That, in her mind, was everything. 
So was she really embellishing it here? Maybe not. Maybe it was he hit the nail on the head. He spoke into my life and he addressed what it is that is plaguing me. They didn't even know the dude, but he knew me. Don't raise your hands, but I, I'm, I'm sure that there's some of you in here that have had that moment. Where you haven't told anybody what you're dealing with. But you come in, maybe it's, it's coming on to church on Sunday morning, or maybe you're listening to the radio to Moody or, or something, and they address exactly what it is that you're dealing with. As if like they, they made that radio broadcast for you, or like I, I prepared my sermon just for you. I excluded everybody out of that, and I was speaking just to you. Some of us have had those moments. And it's not that... It's not the case that maybe I'm speaking directly to you or, or the, the Moody Radio is speaking directly to you. But who is speaking directly to you is the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Jesus. And why is He speaking directly to you? Because things need to change. Things need to be addressed. How do we do that? Well, some things have to be given up. Just like this water jug, it was, it was given up. It was sent there. And she goes and she tells, hey, this is this guy. He's, 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 he's got to be the Messiah. What we see here is then a response from the people. We see that it says that they've, they've come out. And while, while they're coming out, they're coming out. I, I pick, imagine this or envision this as they're like coming out in droves out towards you know, where the disciples and Jesus are. And it says, you know, while this is happening, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, so they're urging Jesus here, saying, Rabbi, eat. But Jesus said to them, said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Did he stop at Chick-fil-A or something and get a sandwich? No, Jesus said to him, or said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say that there are four months, then comes a harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. This is envisioning. Remember, the, the people are coming out. He's saying, hey, look, the fields are there. The people are coming. Harvest is ready. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. So here, in in this, there's so much here to understand that it just it, it's, it, it helps us to construct this deeper and this fuller mind of Christ. Here it says that, 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 that um, Jesus was focused. He was focused. Like, like when he went in to uh, Samaria, Samaria and he had this encounter with this lady, um, he was focused on what it is that he was doing. Because he said there in verse um, verse thirty four, said, "My food is to do what the will of, of Him who sent me, and to do His work." So, what was Christ focused on? 
Two things. The will and the work of the Father. L- laser beam focused. If we're, if we're going to hear this, let's filter this through our lives. How focused are you in what you're doing? How many, don't raise your hands, but answer this to yourself. How many of you have that scatterbrain thought the majority of the time? Like, I'm not focused on what it is that's going on. I, I may be focused on my little game I play, or I may be focused on my job, but I'm not focused on what really matters. I'm not focused on what God is talking to me about. I'm not focused on what he's revealed to me or he's called me to do. I'm just not focused. That would be a good place to start. How, how, do, I, how do I get focused? That, that's a question that, that I've been asked. How, how, how do I get focused on, on the will of God or the work of God? Well, it's understanding what the will of God is and the work of God is first, right? You've got to know what it is to be focused on it. The will of God is to what? Unite all things in Christ. That's what Paul tells us. He tells us that um, early on in um, uh, um, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We're to unite all things in him. What does that mean, unite all things in him? That means the gospel is the glue that holds all things together. That's that sharing of the gospel. So when we, uh, we ask the question, well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. First and foremost, it is to share the gospel. How do you do that? Well, that's where work comes in. How, how is it that, that these opportunities to share the gospel then produce this fruit in which you can work for his purpose? Like what it is that you do is not for your, your, your gain. It's not that um, selfish ambition to make you look better. It's to make him look great. We talked in Sunday school this morning about the God-glorifying church and how the um, purpose of, of why God uh, established the church was to, ma- to, to manifest his, his, his manifold wisdom um, to the world of, uh, of himself, his glory to show to everyone. So understanding that the local body of believers is to show the glory of God, it changes things. That's the primary will that God wants for us is to share the good news. Last couple weeks, I know I've kind of been putting that bug in there about you need to have those conversations with people. You need to share the gospel. You need to have... It's not beating people overhead. I've seen a guy in Ravenna this week. Big cardboard sign. And to be honest with you, I don't know everything it said. Because in big letters it said God. And he had other little letters. I'm guessing something, it said something about do you know God or something. Which, okay. I've seen that. Which in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. But what I saw the dude doing was he was chasing people down the street with this cardboard sign, like yelling at them. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like... That is not doing the will of the Father. Scaring the hell out of somebody is not what you need to do. You need to love them. You need to be able to to enter into the relationship with them. You need to build this where you can say, all right, you're doing this. The Bible says this. It's got to change. It's having that, 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 that intimacy 
and being able to say, okay, we've got to do this. It's not just, I'm going to just stand on the street corner yelling. <laughs> and hear me, because are some of those street evangelists um, fruitful? Yeah. Um, what's the dude, uh, Kirk Cameron and uh, uh, Ray Comfort? They, they do it all the time, and they're effective. But when we put all of our um, eggs in the basket of, I'm just going to yell at somebody and say, I'm going to feel good about myself because I'm doing the will of the Father, that's not what Jesus did. When, I mean, because he could have taken a bus through um, uh, Samaria and went through it but never stopped at the well, right? Not a bus, a camel or something, I'm sure. Llama, <laughs> something. Llama spit. But, but it's not just saying, check mark in the box, I'm doing the, I've done the will of the Father. It's doing the will of the Father. It's constant. We've got to continually be doing this. So it's having that laser focus of, this is what I've got to do. Is it hard? You better believe it's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. But I think that this is where the, 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 the second thing um, comes in. You've got to be confident. So, so, so not only are you to be focused, you've got to be confident. Now, now, I didn't say cocky. I didn't say arrogant. I said confident. And this confidence is not in you. This confidence is in the message of the gospel. Too many times, too many people say, well, what if they reject me? What if they... Here's the deal. They're not rejecting you. If you share the good news of Jesus Christ with them, they're not... And they say no. That's not a reflection on you. They're rejecting the gospel. They're not rejecting you. You're just the messenger. Everybody's heard the term, don't shoot the messenger, right? Quit taking bullets then. Quit trying to be a martyr. Oh, woe is me. They're just... No, how about let's just... Let the chips fall where they may. Let's share the gospel. Let's be confident in the message of the gospel. That God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Because last time I checked, maybe you, you guys can, can enlighten me on this, but it says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And that you're not to be ashamed of it. Well, if the gospel is the power of God, what is going to stand against the power of God? Nothing. Now, do they accept it? Or do they decline it, whatever, reject it? That's the word I was looking for. Do they accept it or do they reject it? That's on them. You're called to tell. I'm called to tell. So have confidence in the message, not in the messenger. That, that makes sense? Maybe that will help free you to, to be able to then have those conversations a little bit more. Because I, I don't want to ask the question. I don't want to see the, the, um, the hands being raised of who's actually done that. But I will ask this question. What are your expectations of the gospel? Don't answer that. Answer yourself. What are my expectations of the gospel? Do you have small expectations? If you have small expectations of the gospel, you don't understand the gospel. 
And I don't say that to be derogatory. I'm saying that just you need to, as Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do you understand what it is that you say you understand? Do you understand the, what saves you from eternal damnation? Do you understand that? Do you understand that, that Christ came? That, 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 that God said, um, okay, I'm going to send my son. And the reason I'm sending my son is because there's this great chasm between humanity and me. But I'm going to send my son so we can close the gap. That's what Christ did on the cross. He bridged the gap. But it's not like I'm going to work my way to that. A lot of us think that. And there's some very self-righteous people that, that think that, well, I just... My life's just kind of in shambles, so if I just kind of work my way... No, you have to fully surrender everything to what He has done, and then from there, let Him work through you. God says, okay, this is my power. So when you answer that question, what, are, what is my expectation of the gospel? Is my expectation of the gospel like I'm going to come and ho him and hum and hmm? Well, you know, Jesus kind of died on the cross and um, he can uh, save you from your sins and um, you can have ice cream and lollipops for the rest of... Uh, I mean, is that your thought? Or do you boldly, confidently understand that you can enter the throne room of God because of what Christ has done. Big difference. We face a world that's looking for answers. Even those who don't who say they don't want to hear it. There's a world out there that's looking for answers. And the only answer that truly matters is that Christ died for you. Why? So, so God can show his glory and he can redeem and, and restore a relationship with his creation. This helps us when we're constructing this mind of Christ. You've all heard me say the whole think, feel, act. You know, if you want to change the way in which you act, you've got to change the way in which you think, right? Because the way in which you think determines the way in which you feel. The way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. It has this big, it's this big uh, um, uh, um, circular cycle. Cycle. It's a cycle of life. No. <laughs> That's a circle though. But understanding our mindset has to be changed. What is our mindset to be changed to? It's to be changed and constructed to the, to the mind of Christ. So, I got off on a tangent. Confident or focused? You got to be focused. You got to be confident. The last thing that I'll, I'll say this and I'll do this in like two minutes. Ish. Obedient. You got to be obedient. It's not obedience to me. It's not even obedience to the church. It's obedience to God. Flip back to Philippians chapter 2. Verse 
Because we can ask the question, who was Christ obedient to? We, we can answer the question, he was obedient to the Father. Um, we, can, we understand it was the will of, of the Father, it was the work of the Father that, that, that Jesus was, was um, um, executing as he, he was following. But to see the reasoning behind this, and to see the, the, the full manifestation is just, it's, again, earth-shattering. Look here. Zip. Uh, da, 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 da. Two, let's go back five, two, five. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, so they're talking about Jesus here, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So understand what, what, what God did in, in, in the incarnation on taking on human flesh. He added humanity to his divinity. So he was fully God, but in he was fully human. Fully God, fully man. This is where we get the, um, the understanding in Christology of the God-man Jesus Christ. Okay? So it's not as if he ceased becoming or, or ceased to be God and he like threw that away. No, it says that he set that aside, but he added to it humanity. So we have one who can, as Hebrews tells us, the writer of Hebrews, that can sympathize with us because he was and is fully human, still fully God. And being found in human form... So being, walking and talking and spitting and doing all the stuff that, that humans do, eating and uh, sleeping and drink, all that, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. Understand when, when Paul's writing this, um, this is uh, despisable when, when you're talking about death on a cross. We have glorified uh, in, in, in what, what does Charlie Brown say? Consumerized, uh, commercialized, commercialized the cross like it's a symbol of the Christian faith. But in the early days, it, it, yes, it was a symbol, but it was of agony and humility and of um, utter disgust. So when Paul's writing this, he's saying, "Okay, he humbled himself to the lowest of low. He humbled himself." Beyond the the, 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 the the form of a servant, he, he, he humbled himself to even die a humiliating death. Therefore, uh, because he did that, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Notice these words, how Paul words this, that he has highly exalted him. And he has bestowed on him the name that is above every name. This is where, yeah, nine times out of ten, the answer is Jesus. Why? Because he can bear the weight of worship. Because the Father has bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. This is something that, that, that people minimize. Where in verse 11, it says, every tongue will confess. And Jesus is Lord. Okay? Every tongue. 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Understand this. Even those who don't believe in Christ, when they stand in front of him and they're saying, oh, he does exist. He is real. They're going to confess that Christ is Lord. But in their confession of Christ as Lord at that time, their confession is to eternal damnation. This, it's not to eternal life with Him. It's that moment is, oh snap. I can't get this back. I, 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 I'm looking at the Messiah. And I'm confessing that He is Lord. But no matter what I do right now, I can never get this back. Let that penetrate into your, your, your heart. Because I'm sure that there are people that are in your life that are, are, are on that, 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 that say, well, I don't need God and I, 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 He doesn't even exist or I could do it on my own. Those people, the ones that you love, are still going to stand in front of Him and say, you're Lord. But when... The line breaks, and some go this way, and some go that way. I, I don't take joy in that, but I take confidence that that can be overcome through the gospel. Because the gospel has been presented. Paul says that, that all of creation can, can witness the gospel. What then are you doing, am I doing, to construct this mindset so my actions are different, so more people, when they stand in front of Christ and they say, Hallelujah, you are Lord, they say it and then they go to be with Him for eternity. That's a weight in which is upon your shoulders, it's upon my shoulders. That's how we show the glory of God to those around us. It's not narrow mindedness, it's saying, oh, Hey, all who uh, all are welcome, but you got to come. Let's end with that. So, as we sit here and, and just think about this for a second, and I hope it's not just a second. I hope that, that, that this understanding that, that the mind of Christ is is um, simple in in that we can see um, into the life of Christ and see what He has done, but. And also we can uh, see him as an example. Then we do that and he can, he can manifest, manifest himself in our lives. And our lives can be changed. Our lives can be different. Our thought process, our mindset can be conformed more and more and more to him. So when Paul says that we can, um, or we're to live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's having that mind of Christ, that mindset that's going to dictate everything that I, uh, that I do. Because the Holy Spirit is prompting me, he's, he's moving inside of me, and I'm being obedient because I'm focused and I'm confident. That's what the mind of Christ is. My prayer is that, that, that we continually develop and construct this mind with inside of us. That we push in to Christ and we push in to Him in every aspect of our lives. Not push Him out, but take everything to Him. 
God, my prayer, um, as we just finish the, this and as we go into uh, the continued worship and song, uh, my prayer is that we, that we can just, that we can be molded. That the, the, the clay that, 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 that we are in your hands is, will just be molded into what it is that you want us to be and what it, you want us to do and how you want us to act. That we will be set apart. That though the outside ridicule may come, we can be confident in what you've done and what you're doing and what you will do and how the church is to display your glory. God, for those who don't have a relationship with you, my prayer is that you uh, just grab hold of their hearts. That they see that it's not just about coming to church, it's about living a life for God. How can I just be on mission with him, doing what it is that you want us to do? God, we love you. God, we worship you. Lord, as we um, stand, as we... uh, Lift up our voices, God. We ask that you receive our offering. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.